Today, I'm gonna to take you behind the scenes of a digital marketing campaign that we ran for a client that we helped grow from pre-revenue to $33 million cash exit. In particular, I'm gonna show you one really big, important decision that we made early on in the campaign and three areas that we dominated to get the success. And I'm gonna give you four ways to start doing exactly the same for your business starting today. And by the way, this company's product, the thing that it sells isn't fun or sexy at all. The good news is that to use these strategies, your business doesn't have to be fun or sexy at all either. Influencer marketing and social media is nowhere in sight today. We are focusing purely on search. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja. We're a digital marketing agency that get our clients more leads and sales from the internet. And that is exactly what this podcast is about. So today I'm going to be taking you behind the scenes of a client case study and drawing out the lessons which you can apply to your business. I get that there's no, you know, there's no enjoyment from just listening to one particular business. So we're going to be taking the principles and the lessons that we've learned along the way and talking about how you can apply them for your business, whatever it is that you sell and whoever you sell to. Now we started this campaign making a really big strategic decision early on, which turned out to be really important. If we had done this the digital marketing that we that we did from then on would have been completely ineffective now we've been working with this client for i think six years now so very very long time and everything that has come from our work together really stemmed from this initial decision and it's really important and it takes us to our first marketing lesson of the day which is to pick the right battles let me explain this company sells software and HR software. So they sell software to like HR managers in large companies. And the software does something, it helps these HR managers run something called continuous performance management. Basically the concept is rather than running like annual appraisals or quarterly appraisals, you have this continual performance management of the team. Now the trouble is continuous performance management, particularly when we started working with this client when they were very, very new, this means absolutely nothing. Nobody cares about continuous performance performance management. Nobody wakes up in the middle of the night thinking, oh, I need continuous performance management software. How do we know that nobody cares about this? Because there was barely any search volume, super low cost per click. People just weren't advertising for this phrase. It just wasn't a thing. Now, what do people wake up thinking about? What do these HR managers wake up thinking about? Well, they wake up because they need to reduce employee churn or they need to increase employee engagement or because their team's annual appraisals suck and they think that they need a template or something to make them better, but actually they might need a completely new model. So the first lesson here is to make sure that you're marketing something people actually care about. We decided very early on that there was very little point us marketing continuous performance management because that's not what people cared about. We needed to market improved employee engagement, reduced churn, better performance, the stuff that people actually cared about. Now this sounds trite, you might dismiss it. Oh yeah, Tim, features and benefits. I read that marketing textbook when I was like five years old. But actually this is way deeper than features and benefits. Just because something is a benefit doesn't mean that people care about it, right? I've got this water bottle on my table here and it's it's got a uv light in it right it's got a uv light in the cap that's the feature the water bottle has a uv light the benefit well the benefit is that uv light kills bacteria so this water bottle kills bacteria in the bottle blah 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 but 
actually, that's not something that people really care about. I didn't buy this because I wanted to kill bacteria. I bought this because they positioned it as this water bottle will never smell. They also marked it as you don't need to clean this water bottle. You never need to clean this water bottle because it keeps itself clean. Now, obviously I do. I clean my water bottle at least, you know, once every year or so. But that's an example of marketing something that people actually care about rather than something that you might think is important because it's important to you or it's important to the technical team or it's important to the product team or whatever. So how do you play with this concept? Well, what you really need to do is take a big step up, go to 30,000 feet and think, what are you actually selling? What are you really selling here? Can you find the route that is painful enough that your customers are waking up in the night? If you can align the product or service that you're selling with something that is so painful people are waking up in the middle of the night with, then you're going to get much more traction. This is particularly important if you're selling something that people don't think that they need. So continuous performance management, nobody thinks that they need this. They think that they have a whole bunch of different problems and they do. So if we're going to sell our continuous performance management software, we need to make sure that we are fully aligned with that and we're getting visibility for those sorts of phrases. So that leads us on to our second lesson or the, the second thing that we did, which was we absolutely dominated for this term and we built demand around this term of continuous performance management. So we said when we started working on this campaign, the phrase continuous performance management wasn't known. Nobody was searching for this thing. Now we wanted that to change because we thought that we could absolutely own the term. We, we got the site ranking for this term very early on and we knew that we could defend the site against any competitors. We could keep ranking for this term. The problem was that nobody was searching for it. It just wasn't really something that was out there in the market. There was no visibility or awareness of this term. We also wanted to build thought leadership and credibility. This business was relatively new. Uh, well, it was very new, but it was a relatively new field that they were working in. We wanted to build thought leadership and credibility, particularly for the founder of the business, because they're a total badass in their field. And we thought this gives them loads of opportunity, loads of scope to become a real expert and well-known in the space. So we used digital PR to get the founder featured in all sorts of publications, talking about HR and performance, not necessarily the stuff that we wanted to talk about, but the stuff that we knew that their customers would be interested in. We also use this visibility to introduce the concept of continuous performance management. So here's how the process basically worked. We looked for a, well, we, we identified all of the different publications that HR professionals, our target customer, were spending their time reading. So some of these were magazine sites specific to HR, things like HR Zone and Talent. So these are publications that are written just for the HR industry and it's people who are into HR reading them and that's basically it. They're trade publications essentially. But some of the publications were broader business sites like Raconteur, Fast Company, Entrepreneur. So we made a list of all the publications that we wanted to get featured in. And then we pitched the writers, the journalists, and the editors on article ideas that we knew HR pros and people who managed HR pros would find interesting. So this was stuff around how to get the most out of your team or um, how to make sure that your team are feeling happy and secure or you know how to run good effective one-to-ones trends in HR, you know, stuff like that, stuff that would be on their radar and interesting to them. Now, when these publications featured us, they'd include a link back to the client site, which obviously helps the client site's ranking. So we get these links that helps our ranking for any phrases that 
we're targeting with the website content. We get the personal branding because the content was usually in the voice of the business founder, which is fantastic because then they're constantly being seen by their target audience. And we get the visibility and the brand mentions in these publications. But we also start to build recognition of this term continuous performance management, increasing awareness and making more people search for this term. So this term has gone from being something that nobody searches to actually something that is in the HR world and people search for and it has a CPC in the States of I think $18 now because loads of businesses are competing to advertise for this term knowing that they can monetize this traffic. And how we've helped do that is by getting in front of these people, get in onto the publications that they're reading about. Here's an article about how to improve your team's morale. And one of the things might be, look at your performance management, how frequently you're doing these things. Could you be using a more continuous approach, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of seeding these terms into their, uh, you know, into their minds. And then of course, when they search for them, we are dominating in search already for those phrases. When they search continuous performance management, we own that. We know we're going to get that traffic because we've already been targeting it. So we build the ranking and then we build the demand. So how do you play with this? How do you use this concept? Well, the challenge I want to give you is, is there a term that you can coin? Is there a phrase or something that you can really own? A while back, we did an analysis of Monday.com. Monday.com is a CRM uh, platform. And it's quite clear from their website that they are trying to own the term work OS, as in work operating system. Now, this makes loads of sense because actually that's kind of what a CRM is. And if they can get ranking for work OS and they can get people talking about their work operating system rather than their CRM, they can really dominate for that term. Now, the challenge that they had or the problem with their approach is that they weren't really doing enough to seed this term and make it become part of everyday you know, language for their target customer. So they've done the first part, they've got the visibility and they've chosen the term, but what they haven't done is then push that term into popular use so that they can make the most of that. So here's my challenge to you. Firstly, identify the term that you can own. Identify that phrase, work out exactly what it is. And it helps if, it, if it's something that really resonates. Remember our first lesson, pick the right battles. It helps if it's something that really makes sense to your target audience, it's descriptive, and it's something that people actually can care about. Now, if you found a term, build a digital PR plan to create visibility and awareness of this phrase, which is going to increase the number of people that are searching for it, increase awareness of that term, knowing that those people are then going to come and search for you. And of course, if you're clever about it, you can increase the personal brand of the founders as well. Now, a bit of an ROI alert here. This as a strategy like creating the demand and driving people to a particular term, it rarely pays off as a primary goal, okay? It rarely pays off as a primary goal. So what you wouldn't be doing is creating a digital mar digital PR campaign, which is just about increasing awareness of a particular term in order to get people searching, right? That rarely pays off. It's just too slow. It can take years. So yes, it's great. Yes, it works, but we'd make it a secondary goal. We'd make it a sort of add-on goal. The primary goal of any digital PR campaign really should be to generate links or something that makes sales, then that's paying for itself. And then you've got the secondary benefit, which is increasing visibility of the term. So when we're doing digital PR for this client, we weren't thinking, oh, we can increase awareness of continuous performance 
performance management knowing that we own that term. Yes, we wanted to do that, but that wasn't the main goal. The main goal was let's get some links, let's get this site ranking, then we can pay for ourselves and they're going to get much more traffic because of this continuous performance management term. So that's from an ROI perspective, something that you want to think about. You want to make sure that any work that you're doing is paying off in the short term, particularly if we're heading into recession type time. And then of course, any you know brand awareness type benefit comes on the back of that. Okay, um, the next area that we totally dominated was target audience domination. I couldn't think what else to call this, but let me explain it to you. So what we did is we identified that the target audience for this client was HR professionals, right? These are the people that we wanted to sell to, in particular HR managers and like director of HR, director of people, that type of stuff. So what we decided to do is, as well as appearing in all of the publications that they're reading, we wanted to dominate ranking for the sorts of informational phrases that they were targeting, so that they were searching for. So let's say I'm an HR professional, what am I going to be searching for? Well, I might be searching for stuff around employee engagement. I might be searching for how to, uh, you know, set goals with your team, or I might be looking for one-on-one meeting templates, stuff like this. So we said, okay, great. These are the phrases that they're going to be searching for. Let's just freaking dominate ranking for these terms. Let's create loads of content on the site for these terms. So these HR professionals, they just keep seeing us all over the place. So that's exactly what we did. We're ranking position one for 32 different informational keywords in the UK, 111 different informational keywords in the US targeting HR professionals around employee engagement, goal setting and that type of stuff. Now, how do we do this? Well, we did this by building a fat knowledge base using the content game plan that we mentioned in a previous episode. You can go and check that out or you can search Exposure Ninja content game plan on YouTube and see the full video where I break it all down for you and show you exactly how it works. But we did this by creating loads of content targeting these HR professionals and then getting it ranking. Now, of course, I've already mentioned the digital PR, but we targeted our digital PR around what are the publications that these HR professionals are going to be spending their time on. And then we got featured talking about stuff that's relevant to them. Our goal is just to appear in front of them everywhere to be their kind of helpful assistant. We wanted to be the sort of company that they couldn't help but follow because we were so interesting and so valuable to them. And our goal is to just get in front of as many of these HR pros as possible. Now, when we have this content on the site, what we don't do is just have a you know a page of information about here's, here's how to set goals with your team or whatever. What we do instead is here's how to set goals with your team. And by the way, you can download this guide or download this white paper or take a trial of the system, you know, whatever it might be, but there has to be some sort of call to action to monetize that traffic. You don't just want to publish content for the sake of it. So how do you start playing with this? Well, think about your target audience. What sites for information do they spend their time on? Get featured in those sites, get in front of those people. What informational search terms are they Googling? Write that content targeting them. Again, use the content game plan because it shows you step-by-step how to write content targeting people at different stages of the funnel. And by the way, you don't have to start out by writing some massive, huge knowledge base with hundreds of posts. You don't have to start out by dominating. You might want to pick one piece of a subset of a subset of a larger topic. Let's say, for example, that you're a legal firm. Um, let's say that you want to get more work in divorce law. Well, you might start by picking off one subtopic within the subtopic of divorce law. You might say, well, we're going to be in charge of, you know, right of access to pets. We're going to, we've identified that pet owners are, you know, really passionate about keeping access to their pets. 
once they get divorced. So we're going to dominate for that particular topic. We're going to write loads of content around that. We're going to find the pet publications. Uh, and this is a really strange example. We're going to find the pet publications and we're going to contact them. We're going to offer them content on, you know, how to secure access to your pet when you're going through divorce or Let's look at some famous cases of celebrity divorces where pets have been involved. And what we're doing there is we're building visibility in front of a target audience and we're also generating the links which will help our site rank for those sorts of terms. Or let's say that you're in car sales. Let's say that you've got um, like a car sales platform where you might, rather than targeting all of car sales and trying to rank and dominate for everyone who might be looking for a car, you might say, we're going to rank and we're going to dominate for people who are looking for the best cars to carry skis. Right, so you're going to write a whole bunch of guide posts about how to choose the right car for carrying skis. And then you're going to go out to the skiing publications and you're going to share, you know, top 2023 cars for carrying skis or best uh, cars for, you know, winter explorers or winter sports or whatever. So you can become a world expert in anything if you niche hard enough. You can get traction in that space. You're not going to get millions of visitors a month for best cars for carrying skis. But what you are going to be able to do is you are going to be able to rank for that term, start getting some traffic from it. And from there, you can start expanding out. So it might be best cars for sports people or best cars for active families or whatever. And you can start to broaden out and broaden out. And as you broaden out, you'll be getting more traffic and you can start to broaden even further until you're targeting you know, the, the most, uh, you know, the most competitive terms. So start niche and you can go wider, but this is about understanding or picking a target audience and really going after domination, rank for the informational terms that they're searching for and appear on the sort of publications that they're spending their time on. Now, I want to have a quick interlude because we help this client grow to exit. And there's a particular digital marketing approach that you might want to take if you are targeting an eventual exit. Now, I realize that if you're a marketing manager, you don't really care so much whether there's an exit or not. If you're a business owner, you may do um, or you may not, but it's still kind of interesting because even if you're not targeting an exit, you might want to target an increased valuation in order to secure investment or whatever. So what do acquirers want in a business that they're acquiring? Well, one of the things that they really want is a reliable source of new sales. Now, acquirers and uh, the consultancy firms aren't necessarily digital marketing experts, but they do know when a site is generating a steady stream of new business, and this can affect the valuation. One of my mates is a consultant at Deloitte in the M&A division or, you know, part of the M&A division. And I remember having a conversation with him a few years back. We were a lovely setting, uh, sat around a pool in the French Riviera, and he was telling me that they give a higher valuation or they advise their clients to seek a higher valuation if their website is ranking prominently on Google. Because firstly, this is a relatively stable marketing channel that, you know, whereas some paid marketing channels, they can fluctuate a little bit. Organic ranking on Google has historically been relatively stable. Now, anyone who's been impacted by an algorithm update may argue otherwise, but, you know, relatively speaking, um, it's fairly stable. So I would suggest if you're targeting um, acquisition or you're targeting an exit or you're just targeting to maximize valuation, look to establish really prominent, consistent streams of traffic from mainly search and, and then also some sort of paid ad channels as well, where you can clearly um, illustrate the cost per acquisition. You can clearly define the cost per acquisition. We're seeing increasingly that acquisition firms want to know what the CPA is. They want to know cal calculations like your customer acquisition cost versus lifetime value in the case of SaaS, and this will affect the multiple. So good digital marketing helps you drive a higher multiple for your business if that's your goal. 
The third area that we totally dominated for this business was trends. Now, we recognize, like many people do, you know, every year people search for new trends in your space. For example, people search for dance trends 2023 or men's hair trends 2023 or 2024. Whatever the next year is going to be, people are searching for trends. So what we decided to do for this client was to write annual trends posts every year. So we'd write a trends post on, you know, HR trends 2019 or whatever, or 2020 or 2021. And then at the end of the year, so in like October, November time, we would then rebadge that as the next year's trends. And we'd of course update it with any new trends, you know, we want the content to be updated. But once you get to like halfway or three quarters of the way through the year, people are no longer searching for that year's trends, they start to move towards the next year's trends. You can do exactly this as well. So you can think about what sort of trends are your audience going to be searching for? What are the industry trends that people have a look for every year? What do they need to keep up with? What is the latest thing that people need to keep up with? Every industry has this, okay? Whether it's technology changes, or people's search habits change, or people's consumption habits change, whatever it might be, there are trends and things that go on in every industry. So you can, well, not every industry, there are some industries that are very unsusceptible to change, but that's another story. You can then write a post about whatever recruitment trends 2023 and get it ranking. You can also use this as a basis of outreach too, because publications around, you know, the end of the year or the start of the new year will start preparing trends content to publish. And if you can be featured or if you can even write that post for them, that's a great way of getting visibility on those publications and picking some links. Now, just like all informational posts, we don't just want to get ranked for latest trends 2023. We also want to have a really compelling low commitment call to action to make sure you're actually monetizing that traffic. This needs to be a low commitment call to action because people searching for trend stuff very well, occasionally they might be but often they are not looking to make a purchase. So what we don't want to do is, hey, latest hairstyle trends 2023, buy our hairstyle course right now. What you might want to do instead is latest trends 2023, get the download or get the book version or get the checklist version of this or whatever. And then there's an email stream which over time runs an indoctrination sequence to them to sell them the higher ticket CTA. Cool. So how do you play with this? Well, firstly, work out the trends in your industry. There are going to be trends. Talk to your customers, talk to your leads, talk to your sales team, talk to your staff, talk to your delivery team, whatever you need to do to find out what those trends are. Secondly, you need to build a process for keeping up to date. This really does involve time spent researching. If you're going to build a trends doc and you don't want massive bounce rate, you need to make sure these trends are actually legit and that you are actually keeping up to date. So schedule some time to, you know, whatever, however you're going to keep up to date with trends, whether it's talking to customers, looking on LinkedIn, checking out social media, spending time on TikTok, whatever. You need to build a process to do that so that you're actually up to date. Then you need to create a recurring task to write or update your annual trends guides every year and do some outreach around them as well. If you set a recurring task, then you know when October comes around or whatever, you're going to be able to start updating your guides, making sure they're current so they can start ranking for the next year. There you go. There's behind the scenes of this campaign. One big decision that we made, picking our battles, making sure that we were targeting things that people actually cared about. And then three areas that we totally dominated. So term domination, we dominated, we chose a particular term or we used the term that they were using. And then we dominated visibility for that, then increased search awareness around that topic. Second area, we target audience dominated. We identified what their audience was. We made sure that we were appearing in all the publications they were in or they were spending time in. And we made sure that we were appearing for all the informational terms they were searching for. And the third area of domination, trend domination, looking at what people were searching for, making sure we had content ranking for those phrases. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, fantastic. Leave us a review. We absolutely love reading them. And don't forget, if you want some help with your digital marketing, this is exactly the sort of stuff that we do for clients. We're a digital agency. This is a client. We've got loads of case studies on our website of businesses that we've helped grow. We have a free website and marketing review service that we run. So you can go and check out what we would do to your site if we were going to go and grow it. You can just get that from ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. So ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. We'll ask you a few bits of info about your business, about your goals, about your target audience and how well you're doing at the moment. We'll then go and put together a review showing you how we increase the volume of leads and sales that your website's getting. The service is completely free and there's no obligation to use our agency at all. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free review. Other than that, I'll see you next week.